Welcome to the podcast for everyday people featuring street smarts and self-defense. I'm the host, Master Johnny C.W. Kang, and my co-hosts, Master Fuchel and Master Michelle Kang, are here to join me for this second podcast where warriors have the commitment to victory. Master Fuchel, why don't we start it off? Where are you today? Hey, I'm out on the road. I was uh, just came from New York where I visited with some pretty famous martial art masters. And now I'm on the banks of the Mississippi at my mother-in-law's house. I, I wanted to uh, take time out of my travels so that I could get to this podcast because we've got such great information uh, for people to overcome fears and doubts and to be warriors and to live in victory that it's just I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this. Well, that's great. And, you know, I, I really hate driving and I just can't believe you were actually able to drive from Colorado all the way to New York. That's amazing. That's truck driver status. Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't see a lot of truck drivers. Never really thought of myself as a truck driver. I'll tell you what, America is a beautiful country from sea to shining sea. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm uh, and, and it's immense. It's so big. Yes. And, you know, along with that, there's millions and millions of people out there. And we wish that they were all great people like us, people that care about others, that are kind, um, that that are not there to take advantage of other people. But unfortunately, this is not the situation, is it? No, it's, you know, it's really a shame the some of the mentality that has been able to rear its ugly head into our culture and some of the lies and deceptions that have been perpetrated on people that they actually believe that it's, uh, you know, because it, it gets back to, you know, uh, one way to look at fear is, is fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm, yeah. And, you know, there is so much of that out there that uh, people think, well, isn't that the truth? Well, no, if you want to just kind of dissect it a little bit, it's probably not. I know. That's right. We have lots that we're going to cover today. And and for all of you joining us, uh, I, I know you're excited and can't wait to hear what we have to say. Master Michelle Kang, how are you today? I'm great. You know, talking about kind people, you know, kind people are our kind of people. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know, thank you for tuning in today, whether it was intentional or not. Maybe you just happened to find us. Mm. Maybe you've been thinking about learning self-defense recently or even for a while. And now you've taken that step into researching it a bit more. So whatever the case, you are here now and we truly appreciate you. Yes, the Warrior yes. System is here for you. So what I would like everybody to kind of think about is the the challenges that you've had in your life, you know, whether it's being you're a student and you're facing the upcoming exam, you're someone that's going to a job interview, um, you've all of a sudden turned down a street and there's nobody there and it's got doesn't have any street lights, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like how did you face it and uh, what were the things that you ultimately chose to overcome and to get the victory in a situation that was actually gripping you with some fear? So one of the things to think about in all of this is, is the, the extreme power that we have in our own words. And so I want you to appreciate the fact 
that when you say something, your ear believes it. So yeah, that's kind of another reason why to be a kind person, because if you say something sarcastic to someone and uh, you're meaning it sarcastic and you kind of think it's funny, well, your ear and their ear believed it to be the truth. And then that can be, you know, pretty hurtful, pretty, pretty mean. But if you look at like professional athletes, well, you know, why do they have these sticky notes and why are they always saying these things out loud? It's because you have a supercomputer on your head and the programming that that computer gets actually comes right out of your mouth, right into your ear. Mm -hmm. And that's what feeds all the data. Right. So, you know, I mean, we have that garbage in, garbage out. Um, If you start talking about fear or you say, oh, I'm this or I'm that or, you know, well, if that's what you want to be, you will because you just spoke it. And so I want you to start paying attention to the labels that you are sticking all over your forehead throughout the day when you say those kinds of things. They're they're not light. That reminds me of a quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yep. Yeah. So fear is is an ugly critter. I like to use that word now, Master Fuchel. That was that was something that you said. And the booger man. (laughs) Yes, that is the booger man. I love it. Um, But something that I learned uh, recently, and I and I think everyone can relate to fear, whether it's something that they deal with every day, or it's something that comes and creeps up on them Mm -hmm. when they least expect it. But the thing that I've learned most recently um, is putting fear into a more tangible form, like in a person form. Yeah. And you are basically sitting fear at the right-hand side of, side of you in a car, in the passenger seat. And what you're doing is saying, see, fear, I see you. I know you're there, but I'm in the driver's seat and I have control of where we're going. You cannot even touch the dial on my radio that's right. So acknowledging it first is um, going to empower you to be able to take control and charge and and, and you can dictate what's going to happen. Uh, you can't just ignore that fear, which brings me to a good point. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that, Mrs. Kang? Um, I know we can continue on. I'm sure I can chime in. OK, well, you know, everyone, listen, when we grow up and we learn in school um you know there's simple subjects like math english history you know and then we get into the junior high portion and then we got wood shop or we have home economics right and in high school but nowhere did we have a class on raising children did we and nowhere did we have a class on self-defense other than extracurricular self-defense by training in a local Dojo or dojang, right? So besides those ways, we have always been taught since childhood that we don't really have a right to fight back. For example, if someone punches you at school and you fight back, you're both going to be expelled. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that whether you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You're going to get suspended, right? So I love how my father taught me as I was growing up. He said, look, if this guy won't leave you alone and he lays a hand on you again, 
go ahead and beat the crap out of them. And we'll have a party when you get home. Well, I took that to heart and I did get in a lot of fights, but it's something that I had to do. It empowered me to not be the victim or not continue to be bullied. And then what happened over time, you gain respect, right? I mean, once you beat the tar out of someone, they're not going to mess with you. And chances are all, all of their bully friends won't either. So you gain that respect. Well, that entire mindset about violence changes when you understand that you have to enforce your right. It's up to you. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and when we talk about violence, you know, everyone thinks violence, violence is negative. It's bad. It's bad. Well, what criminals do is antisocial violence. That's violence that's against the law and breaks the social contract. It's immoral, illegal, and wrong. But there's such a thing as pro-social violence. And that's where it's done in the pursuit of good, right? For example, maybe a soldier doing his duty in time, protecting his country, or a policeman enforcing the law. Or what about the private citizen, our neighbor Joe, who had to fight to stay alive when someone unlawfully invaded his home. Mm -hmm. So I think once you understand that there is such a thing as pro-social violence, that now it becomes okay. And, and now you have a right to do it. And now violence can become a useful tool. Right. Because we all have a right to stay safe and feel safe. That's right. right. I mean, it's the most basic human right. We want to stay alive. We don't want to get killed, raped, or mugged, right? We don't want to be hurt in those ways. So, um, you know, importantly is you have to develop the, a willingness to assert that right. right. You have to well, really know. Master Fuchsia? Well, and I, I think, too, along with the willingness, what you have to basically tell yourself in the mirror is let's just say you're you're being bullied or maybe you're being harassed at work or you've got some person that is always picking on you mm -hmm. and so in whatever mindset you you previously were walking down you were thinking that you just had to take it you didn't you know you couldn't you couldn't do anything about that and so what you have to do is say, when my personal safety is in jeopardy, I have the right to defend myself yeah. and I have the right for life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. And if someone puts a hand on you or is trying to do bodily harm to you in any kind of way, I mean, anywhere from a shove to, you know, uh, breaking into your home or raping you, or, I mean, like we can go from a very little thing to the, the most terrible atrocity being perpetrated on, on your being any of them little or big, you have to say, it's not going to happen to me. I am not going to be a victim. I'm a warrior and I'm going to be victorious in that situation. You are telling yourself it's okay for me to do what I need to do to keep myself safe. You know, with the whole warrior system, obviously, um, we, we teach you all of the basic self-defense techniques necessary. And, 
and through the blog and the podcast, you know, we arm you with the mental and spiritual side too. But, you know, there's other ways to avoid the confrontation. And we taught you before that um, prevention is a big part of it. And there's de-escalation techniques, talking your way out of a situation. There's walking away, there's running away, but we're just getting down to the nitty gritty. This is when nothing else worked and when you have to fight to stay alive. There's a lot of people out there. You might think that getting raped or murdered is entirely subjective. It's just imaginary. And it's because it hasn't happened to you or someone you know. But once it does, now all of a sudden it becomes real, right? But we don't want to wait for something bad to happen to you or your family or friends. We want to arm you with the knowledge and skills and remind you of the importance of developing this self-defense attitude and this self-defense mentality. Right. It's a skill that you want to have in your back pocket. And sometimes fear can really take over and not let you um, do the things that you have in your mind to do if you were in that situation. So maybe we can elaborate a little bit more on how we help those overcome fear. Well, for sure, um, without the mindset and the skills, so you have the um and the yang or the yin and the yang, without both together in harmony, you're kidding yourself, right? Skills without the ability to use them are useless. And the mindset without the ability to carry out your will is useless. you got to have both. Master Fuchsia? So let's just kind of go with a concept and say that fear is a spirit. And when it comes on you, it paralyzes you. And so, again, I'm going to revert back to all my time of teaching rape prevention and a lot of the stories that have come out. Mm. And one of the major themes is, is that in the beginning, someone might have been subjected like uh, they were in a parking lot and, you know, they, they didn't realize that, uh, you know, someone came up on them and shoved them in the back seat and is raping them. And then all of a sudden something clicks. And when that something clicked, then all of a sudden that victim became the warrior and the perpetrator, the rapist, the evil bad man, all of a sudden lost all of their confidence because, mm-hmm. see, they're, they're only trying to bring fear on top of fear. See, these are right. not these are not good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that is evil and they are trying. And, and so once when you resist it. It has to flee. And in every situation, all of a sudden, even in a a gang situation where there has been several people uh, victimizing one person, when that one person clicks over and says, no, I am not going to take this anymore, then all of a sudden they turn and run. And it completely turns the table and, and changes everything. And that is a mindset, and that is the spirit and the mind working together. This is true. And, you know, you really need to believe in your self-worth if you want to be able to defend yourself. You can't have a low sense of self-worth and then think that in a fight that you're really going to win. You're going to be victorious and you're going to protect yourself. Right. You really need to acknowledge that it's not okay for others to take from you. 
And this applies whether it's something physical like your wallet or something more intangible like your motivation and your dreams. So there's, you know, I mean, we, we can go on for hours and days and weeks and months and, and, you know, throughout the year, every single week, we're going to be tuning in for you to help you with all of these great ideas, concepts, um, and, and training for your mind, body, and spirit. I know definitely there's a couple of things you can do right away. And that one is stop being too nice. It can cause problems that can actually put you in danger. Now, I'm not talking about um, not being nice to your mom, your dad, your family, your friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not talking about that. Right. I think women are can understand this. It's a little bit more relatable because women are taught to be nice, right? Not to offend and not to potentially hurt other people's feelings. So, yeah, well, you know, controlling people, you know, mm -hmm. that that mugger, that rapist, he's looking for the weak no. So when I ask you, hey, you want to go out for a date tonight? And you say, no, I don't know. Right. Well, <laughs> then I, hey, come on, let's go. I want you to come with me. And then I'm going to assert my confidence on you and you're going to break down. So this is an aspect of self-defense that's completely mental and can be trained with practice, just like physical self-defense. That's that's right. That's what I really want to bring to the forefront is that this needs to be practiced. Just as we, if we were practicing riding your bike and we're taking the diligent efforts to do that, this is so important. This is so much more worth practicing. Oh, this is way more important than learning how to make a wood bowl in wood shop. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> this is what everyone needs. And so um, we... I really encourage all of you to learn and practice the strong, unconditional no and to not apologize for it, all right? When your child wants something and you say no, use that no. No, absolutely not. Have that strong, unconditional no, not to your, only, to your family members, but to those strangers. Don't feel apologetic. Don't feel like you're hurting their feelings and don't worry about that. You have a right to defend yourself. And with all that confidence that you gain with that, that actually starts making you in because you got to remember that 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 bad guy out there, that booger man, he's out there looking for a victim. So if you look at in yourself in the mirror, and practice mm -hmm. saying no and asserting yourself and gaining that confidence and being like, no, I'm not going to ever let myself be manipulated into a bad situation again. And you then because you're saying it and you're seeing it and you're programming the computer, then you start walking in it. Well, when you're walking in it, then the booger man doesn't even <laughs> see you. You become invisible to him. Yeah. Yes. They go on to the next target. Well, and you know, a lot of people, they say, you know, why did this happen? And they look for all the factors that created that opportunity. Well, criminals are opportunists. So if you take away those opportunities, you're taking away the crimes, right? You eliminate the opportunity by learning not to engage in risky behaviors. When you want to defend yourself, but like I said before, you, you have this uncertainty or low self-worth. Well, that just leads to hesitation. No way 
will you be victorious by doubting yourself or not having the proper training with the mind, body, spirit? I was just thinking too that we keep referring to practice and discipline um, and that these are things that if you want to have them, like uh, Master Michelle said, in your back pocket, you got to practice this stuff. And so you may think, oh, you know, I'm not ever going to stand in front of the mirror and do that. Well, I tell you, uh, that's what Tom Brady does. Right. Why not? Why not do yeah. that? It, it feels silly and you might feel a little dumb, but the feeling you get after it. I mean, this goes back to our trainings that we've done with our students. We have all of our students look at themselves in the mirror. And at first they're, you know, giggling and laughing at each other. Like, this is crazy. What is our master asking us to do? And we're like, look right into your own eyes. Yes. So there's, and then they, they start off very slowly and whispering. We're like louder. And then they, you know, start to feel, okay, this is, I said it a few times, I'm getting a little more comfortable. And by the end of the training, they're shouting it from the top of their lungs and they're just pumped and, and, you know, they're a totally different person. And that was just a five minute exercise. Right. You know, and then there's oftentimes people that don't want to accept reality when they say, I live in a great neighborhood, a rich neighborhood. Well, that just means you have cameras and money and TVs and jewelry and credit cards, all that in your house that other people want. So you're basically a sitting duck for these career thugs, right? So I don't want you to be naive. I want you to really let this open up your eyes and mind and heart and know that, hey, it's time for you to get empowered. It's time for you to gain some skills. Yeah, self-defense is for everyone. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic situation, who you are, where you come from, where you live, none of that. Well, and then, you know, people say, well, why is this crime happening to me? Well, it's not personal. It's happening to you because you happened to be there when the criminal came by. And this is why your, your parents often told you growing up that, you know, I don't want you hanging out with that group. I don't want you hanging out over there because they know that you putting yourself in that situation is already going to elevate the amount of problems or potential danger that you can be facing. Right. Putting yourself in a risky situation. Absolutely. So you hear this all the time from, you know, like, uh, let's say someone, uh, a wife that's being beat she all of a sudden turns that around to uh, A, she deserved it, and B, don't hurt my husband, he, he doesn't mean it. You know, all of a sudden there's all this justification. So see, you can't be thinking from that perspective about being victimized in any way of, you know, whether you're walking down the street and someone tries uh, to steal your phone or you're trying to get into your own house or car and get jumped or, you know, like any multitude of things that we can bring up. You are not the issue. You are the person that is being victimized. And so you have to become the warrior and not be thinking, oh, wow. Or take the standpoint of it'll never happen to me. That always happens to everybody else. Right. Can't do that one either. And then it's too late. At that point, it's too late and uh, the damage has been done. And then, uh, you know, you have to live with that for the rest of your life. So for most of our listeners, 
you are not career trained martial artists. And so, um, again, we always want to give you the direct and, and safest, simplest information to empower you. So I want you to understand that there's several levels that occur during an attack. And, you know, for the first level, um, once you're attacked, you know, you're aware that there could be a problem and your body starts reacting to the potential threat. Well, what is that? You're, you're scared. You're alarmed. Well, at that point, the best thing you can do is to breathe deeply, stay calm, and mentally start preparing to defend yourself. Obviously, if you don't have the skills, you didn't learn anything, that puts you at a huge disadvantage, right? But um, And then when it escalates to the second level, that's when the attack actually occurs. Well, your body's going to go into the fight or flight mode. And then your heart's going to pump really quickly. Your body's preparing to escape by moving more blood into your arms and in your thighs for you to run, right? Your skin's going to become cold. Blood's going to move away from the surface, preparing for injury or potential injury. Your brain's ability to control all of your fine motor skills will be diminished and attempting to hit small targets becomes difficult. And this is why the whole muscle memory training comes into play. You can say all you want, oh, I'm going to poke them, uh, you know, in the eyes. But when you're scared, you're nervous, and all of a sudden you're in fight or flight mode, if you don't have that training of that consistent pathway to the eyes, when it really happens, you may be missing the mark, right? And, and then finally, you know, at that last phase where, you know, you're in a blind state of panic, your body will freeze. You'll, and, and, and it's because you're going to be completely overwhelmed by stress. And then defense becomes impossible. And that's usually experienced by people like I said, that have no martial arts training. And, and these are kind of the different phases that you will go through. I want you to you know understand and recognize that. And um, you can definitely uh, gain a, a, a better advantage through mental and physical and spiritual training here. And so uh, when, yes. when, when you get that fight or flight, and you get this huge dump of chemicals into your system, the non-trained martial artist will get tunnel vision. Uh, things will start coming into slow motion. Uh, your breathing and heart rate will be uh, erratic and hard to deal with. And that whole system of paralysis, because the, the central nervous system is not getting the data from the supercomputer of how to respond. Yes. So conversely, if you are learning some skills and even, you know, what we're talking about, what we put together with warriors and senior warriors is skill sets that if you just practice them five minutes a day, you will give the data that your brain needs. And then here's the opposite chemical reaction. This is what happens. Instead of getting the tunnel vision, you get a panorama, but you still get the slow motion. So now you see everything and you see it really clear and really focused. Yes. And then you have a complete 
ability to respond to how to neutralize the threat and how to save your own life the, the best way possible because you've been given options, you've thought about them, and you've told the supercomputer. And then the the flight part or the fight part, that extra strength. Like I, I think everybody's heard the story of, of like um, a little kid gets hit by a car and, and the car's on top of it and the mom runs out and, and lifts the car oh, off. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, uh-huh. I know, you know, we've all heard of those kind of stories. Well, how, let's just take it easy. Like how would a 120 pound woman lift a 5,000 pound car? Because her mind has one objective. This is the champion mentality. This is the warrior overcoming victory mentality. That's Move right. the car. That's all that they're not thinking. Wow, this car, I, I, this, this is an SUV. It's probably got some extra weight on it. I don't know. I'm it's that commitment like to victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just boom. Move the car and you move it. Yes. And, and so we have this ability. And then what's the number one fear in America? Public speaking. <laughs> All right. So it is. Uh, I know. So, uh, well, the thing that's funny about that is, is like, if you take this adrenaline and the fight or flight nervousness that comes on you in public speaking, if you take it and you channel it into your speech, Everybody will be like giving you a standing ovation at the end, like, wow, that is just such an impressive, oh. that was so dynamic, it was so powerful. <laughs> like that. Left, that whole chemical dump choke you. We're right in the middle of word, you you cut off and you can't catch your breath, and now you're embarrassed and you feel the heat in your face, and now you think everybody's staring at you, thinking you're a nerd and everything goes <laughs> oh, the wrong boy. way. You are hitting a soft spot for me. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's it rings true for me. That's for sure. And, and there's one thing that holds us back from um, from that, and that's feeling discomfort. You know, we we don't want to step out that into that area of feeling discomfort. Um, but what's really awesome about our warrior system is that we help you to attain that. Like we teach you the basics, the fundamentals, the specific techniques that you're that you're going to need for this so that fear takes a backseat and that so you're able to accomplish these much needed um, what if scenarios. Yeah, that's right. And also, um, I just want to remind all of you or tell all of you. Don't think that self-defense means that you need to take the punch to the face first, okay? Because you don't have to um, be the one that that gets hurt in order for it to be self-defense. Uh, the defendant, um, you can typically use reasonable force to prevent the attack, right? And not actually wait till you're struck. And so if a uh, good point of advice for you, if you can't escape, remember, you can't use your words, you can't talk your way out of it, you can't activate a crowd to help you, the surrounding area, there's no one to help you, there's nowhere to run, you can't escape. Well, if you believe that a situation has escalated to that point of no return, throw the first punch, especially if the opponent is bigger than you. The best advantage you can give yourself is ending a fight before that attacker even gets a chance to react. 
Throwing a punch that lands cleanly will possibly rock your opponent or at a minimum create the opportunity to throw more punches. Landing with a clean punch will help you end a street fight before it even starts. That's so true. And so we're not, again, we are not advocating violence. Right. We are advocating self-preservation in a very tenuous situation that you are afraid for your life. And so you have made the decision to say, I am not going to lose my life today. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to overcome. And you go all and in. There is justice and righteousness in that thought process. Warriors never give up. They never quit. They overcome. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, this will end episode number two, Making the Commitment to Victory. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Yes. Have a wonderful week.